Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am speaking to you today from the most vulnerable place If I sound a little stuffy or sniffly, it's because I spent the entire morning crying. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're having uh, emotional days these days. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're having an emotional life. Good. Means you're a human being. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very vulnerable, very soft. My heart is totally open. Yeah, I have a, I have no no big plan for this podcast. Literally, I just spent the morning crying, and decided that maybe now is a good time to <laughs> maybe now is a good time to speak. I took a deep breath, turned on the mic, you know, and uh, realized right away that I have this deck of oracle cards, of angel cards, oracle cards. If you've ever worked with those, brand new that I just received, and it was sitting on the little table next next to my podcast area. And I thought, you know what, why, why not pick a card right now? I've never done that on the podcast before, I think. No, I haven't. So I'm going to take a couple of moments right now to shuffle these cards. If you hear this sound in the back, it's me shuffling this deck for the first time. For me, working with Oracle cards, I do that a lot. And I have, I have, I have decks that I've had for like 13, 14 years. I use them for retreats and trainings. I use them in my regular practice. I like to use them for big new chapters of life. Sometimes I'll pull a card for a yoga class that I'm going to teach, you know, and uh, just through law of attraction, you know, knowing that we get what we need. So even though I'm pulling this card today, it's Thursday, this podcast is out tomorrow on Friday. When you listen to this, this card that we're about to collectively channel together is the card that we all need. And I really, really believe in that. I've seen that so true. I've, I've been pulling cards every time I do a live yoga class on yogagirl.com. We have twice a week live sessions on, on the platform. And every time I pull a card and every time it's like a smack to the heart, you know, it's just so, so always, always somehow exactly how we need. Do you ever feel when you listen to this podcast, whether you've just found your way here, or if you've been listening for years, if you've heard me blabber on and rant and share and cry on this show for so long. Sometimes people ask me, so what's your podcast about? (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, good, 
Good question. Let me get back to you on, on that one. This podcast, it's really is, it is what it sounds like. It's just, it's just me sharing from the heart, right? But do you ever have, and I know a lot of you feel this way, those moments where I touch on something on this show and I'm sharing an experience that's personal to me and something inside of you goes, oh man, me too. I feel that. Or have you ever had a moment of like almost shock? Like, I can't believe she's sharing this thing. That's exactly what I've been pondering. That's where I am at. That's this feeling I've had, the realization I've had. You know, it's like we are all so absolutely connected. It is this great, great spiritual teaching, the wisdom of knowing that we are actually all one, that separation is an illusion, thinking that we're all separate from each other. It's like we are all one big organism and when one of us is hurting, we all feel it, right? When one of us is uplifted, we all feel it. We are all so connected. And our journey on this in this life is making our way back to that place of remembering, knowing that we are all one, right? When we are living from that place of oneness, it's impossible to not practice loving kindness all the time. Because we'll know, you know, when I'm hurting the other person, I'm hurting myself. When I'm hurting Mother Earth, by not taking care of this planet, I'm hurting myself. Not just indirectly, directly. Like that's how it works. So let's take a couple of breaths. This card, this deck that I have here is a divine feminine deck. So it's goddess cards, all different kinds of goddesses that bring their own energies and teachings and lessons. So maybe you are right now also feeling very vulnerable. How beautiful would that be? If you're sensing this softness to your heart, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a scary place to be, to feel really vulnerable, right? We're not kind of used to walking through life that way. Life oftentimes makes us hard, makes us firm, makes us guard ourselves. Always trying to protect our hearts. And when we get to have these prolonged moments of vulnerability, it can feel too sensitive sometimes, right? Almost scary. Like, oh, I'm feeling so much. My heart is on my sleeve. Here's my heart. Like, that's how I feel today. It's like I pulled my heart out of my chest a little bit and I'm holding it up to the world. Like, here's my heart. Don't hurt it. <laughs> Please don't hurt it. <laughs> so whatever space you're in, right? Whether you're feeling vulnerable or emotional or not, it's all okay. Just close your eyes, tap into the breath. Listen to the sound of me shuffling this deck. Start to tap into your inhale, your exhale. And just noticing, if you really bring your attention and awareness to your heart center right now, how are you doing? How's your heart today? Did anybody ask you that today, this week, this month, this year, this life? Hey, how's your heart? How's your heart today? What do you have going on? What are you feeling? What's moving today? Right? Every day is a different day. Whew. So just giving yourself a moment right here to allow what's present. And whatever wants to come through, sometimes when we really close our eyes and we tap in and we listen, it's like something has been longing to be brought to surface. Right? It's like your heart has been asking you to get present with something but sometimes it's scary to go there, so we don't, right? Or sometimes it requires us to feel really stable, really safe, slow down. Maybe we feel like we don't have the time. 
we don't feel supported enough to go there. So we look the other way. We shut down instead of open up. And maybe right now as you're really present with your heart, giving yourself a chance to really go there, to feel, you can even place your hands to your heart right now just to increase that connection to your own heart space. And just breathe there for a moment. See what wants to come through. See what's been longing to be brought to surface. And just spend a moment here holding your own heart. Just now as I was shuffling the deck, usually that happens, I'll be shuffling. And then my hands just stop moving. Sometimes I can hear almost like a, like a very loud stop from within and then I stopped shuffling now I just my hands just kind of dropped so I think the card that's at the top of the deck is our card of the day our card of the week be our card for this new chapter in our lives right so let's take a oh let's bring some energy into our bodies let's take a huge breath in Open the mouth, let it out. You can blink your eyes open if you like. Here's our card. Wow. <laughs> okay, I've pulled a goddess that I have never heard of, that I have never seen. Okay, this is a brand new deck. I've never worked with this deck before, so obviously a lot of this is going to be new. How do I even find... <laughs> I'm like going through this little book. How do I how do I find the people? Where are they? Oh, there's a little content section here. They're not in alphabetical order. Page 121. Okay, the goddess that we channeled just now, and if I'm not pronouncing this right, don't let me know later because I'll learn on my own. <laughs> Yeshi Sogyal. Sogyal. Tsogil or Tsogyal, Yeshi Tsogyal. It's the lady of the lotus born. Lady of the lotus born. Embodiment is the deepest bliss. My body was made for enlightenment. Yeshi represents a deep wisdom that has been much misunderstood. She is the ultimate spiritual wisdom that the human body is all that is needed for enlightenment. Yeshi was born a princess in Tibet, 777 CE. According to legends, she was born in the same way as the Buddha. A mantra resounded and her mother gave birth to her painlessly. Her name means Wisdom Lake Queen because at the moment of her birth, a nearby lake doubled in size, symbolizing her tremendous wisdom, her waters of enlightenment. From a young age, Yeshi only wanted to practice the Dharma instead of getting married. <laughs> okay, I, I love I, I love her. <laughs> Who resonates with that? From a young age, Yeshi only wanted to practice the Dharma instead of getting married. But the emperor of Tibet gave her to Padma Sambhava, who had traveled to Tibet from India to spread the Buddha's teachings. He became her main consort and husband, and together they each... They, and together, they each founded their own lineages of Buddhist teachings. Sorry that I'm like b butchering this whole reading. I, I could be doing a better job. 
<laughs> she spent many years isolated in meditation and accomplished several cycles of tantric spiritual practices. She received esoteric initiations and became known as a fully enlightened Buddha in the form of an ordinary woman. There's no such thing as an ordinary woman. Come on. She's also considered to be an incarnation of Vaira Yogini. And her husband predicted that she would reincarnate as the legendary Tibetan Buddhist tantric teacher and yogini, Mashig Labran. When your soul selects her card. Okay, here is where, it, here is where this relates to where we are. When your soul selects her card, it can be so easy to forget that everything we touch, everything we say, and everything we do is not separate from the divine. Yeshi embodied one of the most potent spiritual truths. The female body is an asset to enlightenment, not a hindrance. Oh, I'm going to read that sentence again. The female body is an asset to enlightenment, not a hindrance. The body is a vehicle to free us from the idea that there are any limitations to reality. Tantra, which weaves together the sacred and the mundane to reveal the spiritual nature of all things, allowed Yeshi to realize that she was both an ordinary woman and an incarnation of the Buddha. We are both human and divine. We are both a mortal body and an eternal essence that continues on. The body too often can be the scapegoat for so much hate, distrust, and violence. The body holds infinite wisdom, pleasure, and possibilities. Oh, how beautiful is this? This is the moment to see your gorgeous body as the tremendous gift it is. It's the moment to realize that there is no greater intoxication than just being fully in your body from head to soul. Yeshi is the call to remember the holiness of your flesh, the deep wisdom your body contains, and the temple you walk around in every day. Soul voice meditation. What helps me remember that my body is sacred? Oh, let's just ask ourselves that question right now. What helps me remember that my body is sacred? Intention. Embodiment is the deepest bliss. My body was made for enlightenment. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden, I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day. But in the winter, that can be really hard, and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. You get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. And the best part, you can trust what you are putting in your body because Ritual has the USP verified mark. That means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. And only 1% of supplement brands are able to get this mark. So it's a big deal. Rituals multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? 
No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Wow, you guys, what helps me remember that my body is sacred? Let's take a moment right there just before we move on. Right now, what helps you remember that your body is sacred? I feel this so deeply. What are those practices that you have in your daily life? Those moments, those big pieces of of your day, you know, where you just remember that actually my body is the most sacred thing. Those moments that you have where you're not looking at your body from the outside, where you're not judging your body, disapproving of your body or hating on your body but where you actually get to be embodied, right? Where you get to live from this body and just experience life from the body. Where you get to actually remember that your body is so, so sacred. Oh, immediately my my big moment of of how I resonate. For me, first of all, what helps me remember that my body is sacred, any kind of movement that allows me to be right here. Right? So there's different kinds of movement. And usually for me, it's not so much what I'm doing or how I'm moving my body, but it's the intention of how I got there. Right? And I've actually, I've had a couple of weeks, like the past two weeks, really challenging two weeks around my body and my body awareness. I have been super judgmental toward my body. I've really been oh, in, a, in a different way, actually, the past couple of weeks, looking at my body from the outside, judging it. I've gained some weight. I have some quarantine pounds. I never normally step on a scale, like never. I did for some reason a couple of months ago, maybe end of the year, last year. I don't know. Dennis has a scale. So when he, when he trains for Ironman, like he gets really into like where he's at, you know, in terms of, I don't know. I don't know why it's important, but, but for him it is. And for me, I kind of make it a point of like, I don't need to know how much I weigh. That is not helpful for me. Right. It actually, it's, it's not. And I've had moments where I felt super good in my body and then stepped on a scale and then have the, the number reflect something back at me and then immediately gone into like, oh my God, actually my body's horrible. Oh my God, actually I'm super overweight. Actually I'm fat. Actually I'm not good enough. Right. <laughs> but I felt good before that. So it's kind of how we're so indoctrinated to believe that we have to be slim, we have to be thin, we have to be toned, we have to be shapely, we have to look a certain way, right? And then it's so strong, that conditioning, that that I'll have moments where I feel so good and then something reflects back at me and I lose it completely, like the number on a scale. Like, oh, that number does not coincide with what I have been taught a beautiful body should weigh. Thus, my body must be ugly. Thus, I'm not good enough. Thus, you know, it's like starts that whole loop of, of self-hate, of, of everything that's the opposite of, of, of self-love and, and loving our bodies the way they are or the way it is. And the past couple of weeks, I've had those moments, right? So I, I, I stepped on a scale, I don't know, sometime last, sometime last, last year. So I had kind of a framework of like mas o menos where I was. And then the uh, two weeks ago, like I, for some reason, like I found the scale or I don't know how I came across it or where the ID even came from, like interesting. And I stepped on the scale to check and I've gained eight kilos since the last time I was on that scale. Now, I don't know if that happened in the last 
like only in quarantine or if it's since, you know, December or whenever that was, if it's over half a year, if it's been really short, but eight kilos, I don't know if you know in pounds, let me, let me find out. Okay. Thank you, Google. So eight kilos is uh, 17 pounds. (laughs) And so even sharing this with you right now, and I've shared everything on this podcast. I have cried. I have shared grief. I have shared insecurities, anxieties, everything. Even sharing this right now, I can sense myself going into a place of shame. And it's interesting to, to do that consciously and to just allow myself to, to talk about this and to be open and to recognize that, oh, I feel, I feel ashamed sharing this. <laughs> and and it's, 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 and I can sense it really heavy, actually, like it's heavy inside my body, that feeling of gaining weight as a woman is shameful. And we've been told that our entire lives, right? Everything that we've been through our entire lives since we were little girls, we've been told that our bodies are meant to look a certain way. And weight gain is one of the most shameful things that can ever happen to a woman right? We see it, especially, you know, and I, I grew up like when I was a teenager, I read a lot of celebrity magazines. That was like one of the things I loved when I was like 13, 14, 15. I loved getting those really gossipy, like the worst of the worst, the worst magazines, the ones that are plastered with photos on the front page of like celebrities who who have been caught not looking great. You know, celebrities that have been caught with cellulite or that have been caught with stomach rolls or gaining weight and really being mocked, right, for for being human, for having those bodies. And I remember reading those magazines at a really young age. I don't know how that habit started or like where it's just... I don't know. I think I would go grocery shopping with my dad and he would always get the newspaper and I would like grab some, grab whatever magazines were in the stands. And it became like, like this thing. It was like watching a movie or something like very entertaining. And I remember that feeling of like, oh my God, I cannot believe that this woman, like this actress, whoever that was, who is normally so beautiful has let herself go, you know, and there's, it would be a picture of her like looking, yeah, looking, whatever, looking like, (laughs) looking like a human being, right? Not like an actress. And just reading those messages, you know, that we were bombarded with our entire life, like it did something to us. And it's really important to honor and acknowledge that that is present in me still today, right? And I can have months at a time, long stretches of time where I feel really good in my body, where I don't hate on my body, where, you know, where, where my body is, is a place where I reside, where, where I live, where I experience life from. And then I'll drop into these places where all of a sudden I feel like my body is not okay, right? And it's hard for me to share right now that, okay, I've gained 17 pounds during this quarantine and not drop into a cycle of shame. Like, oh my God, I am horrible. Like how unlovable must I be? How ugly must I be right now? How terrible must my body actually look? Ugh, like who lets themselves go that way? You know, so I want to allow myself to take a breath (laughs) and, you know, practice what I preach right now, which is obviously, you know, this mega important space of (laughs) it's okay to be a human being you know, what we've been through. And and it's also like, I don't want to, I don't want to even go down the road of having the conversation with myself, let alone on a podcast, talking about weight gain as if, as if, as if it needs to be justified. Right. And I, and I've seen a lot of that on social media, like it's quarantine, of course, you know, it's been a, it's been a disaster. It's been the apocalypse. Everyone has been grieving. It's been crisis mode, you know, 
It's like if you end up at the end of this quarantine and you weigh a little more, like you're the lucky one, like of course, like all that whole that whole narrative, like it's an important one. But for me to even feel like I need to justify the fact or even touch on or talk about that my body has changed when it changes. It's like, I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to live a life where my body is so important, what my body looks like is so important that it justifies a whole podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to live life that way where weight gain matters, even the slightest. And getting this card right now, just really kind of brought to surface for me how, yeah, I have spent the past couple, past couple of weeks, I've been super hard on myself. I have had moments where I like, I, I walk past myself and I, I walk past the mirror and I look at myself and I'm like, oh, okay. And I've started thinking to myself, okay, well, we're going to reintegrate back to society now. I need to, I need to do something about this. Like I, man, I need to, I need to move a little more, probably need to drink a little less, less end of day quarantine wine less end of day quarantine bag of chips, like all those kind of habits where I've been for the past months, like absolutely been there. And listening to this, what helps me remember that my body is sacred? I just want to take a deep breath with that for a moment. Because it brings me right to a place where even as adults, you know, even as mature women, you know, listening to this podcast right now, how we go round and round in our heads with the idea of self-love, right? And it's kind of this thing that that's, that it can stay in a, in a mind level almost. It can stay on the level of the mind of when I have those thoughts and I look at myself in the mirror like, oh man, okay, I need to, I need to, I need to stop. I need to stop eating chips at the end of the day. Like, that's my big thing. I need to stop doing that. Oh, and then maybe I'll drink some more green juice and then maybe I'll do some more yoga classes and then, and then I'll feel better. Right. But anytime we approach it from that point, which even in itself is much more positive than the traditional, oh, I got to diet right now, or, you know, it's like, it's very similar, that feeling. And I, and I can sense myself going there. It's like wrapped in a veil of self-love, body love. Like, I'll just do more yoga. I'll drink more green juice. Doo -doo -doo. This whole idea, it's the same. It's very, 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 very closely related to, I'm, I need to diet and get on the treadmill and lose weight, right? That idea versus I'm going to do more yoga and drink more green juice because it's rooted in the idea that my body should change, right? And whether I take the softer, more quote unquote loving approach of green juice and yoga, or if I take the approach of dieting and, you know, treadmill or, or whatever, for me, for me, the idea of the treadmill, I think because that's what I did when I was a teenager, I would like be on the treadmill, looking at the calorie button on the treadmill, like how many calories did I burn looking at myself in the mirror with my jaw clenched. Like that was like my thing when I went into this body hating kind of place. It's not for everyone. Some people, you know, and I have moments now where I really enjoy running on the treadmill and I, and I have no idea how long or how many calories I burnt or whatever. But those two things, right? Dieting versus I'm going to do more yoga and drink more green juice. They are rooted in the same place. And that place is, it's not okay for me to gain weight, right? That place is when my body gets softer, when I become a little larger, when my reflection in the mirror isn't what I've been told or it's supposed to be or where it doesn't resonate or reflect with my idea and society's idea of what a body should be right? Then it must immediately change. Like it's, do you see how, 
<laughs> how closely linked that is. One of them is just has this kind of quasi spiritual approach of, but if I do it through yoga, right? If I do it through green juice, if I do it through meditating a little more, if I do it through eating more organic foods, if I do it through so-and-so, you know, it's still rooted in the idea that the body should change. It still is. And I can sense myself going down that road of like, oh, it's okay. Okay. And, and, and I start like juicing a little bit more. And, and yes, juicing is good. Obviously ju juicing is good. Yoga obviously is good, right? All of these things are good. Being on the treadmill can be super good too. Like all of these things in itself is not bad, but it's how we approach it, right? The moment I switch from, oh, I want to do yoga because it makes me feel at home, right? It makes me come back home to myself. It makes me feel good. The moment I go from that approach to, ah, I'm going to do some more yoga this week because I gained 17 pounds. <laughs> can you sense the difference in approach, like the difference in motivation, and how the same practice can go from being this very nurturing, loving place to be to something actually quiet, quite harmful. Actually, when I decide to, to do more yoga, to practice more asana because I stepped on a scale and because that scale told me that I gained some weight, like that in itself is a really dangerous road to go down and I don't want to do it. But at the same time, not acknowledging it, which is kind of what I've been doing for the past two weeks. It's like, I've had these judgmental thoughts about my body. I even had a thought the other day, like, Ooh, it would be nice to put on some jeans, but then I like chose to not, <laughs> I chose to not put on jeans because I know they're not going to fit well. And I was like, I don't really want to have that experience, you know? So let's just, let's just, let's just not do the jeans right now. Okay. It's, it's, it's okay. And even just going down that road of like, okay, I'm not going to think about this. If it's there inside of me, right. If that kind of judgment toward me, self-hate thinking that there's something about me that's innately wrong, right. If it's present inside of me, it's going to be there no matter what it's going to come up no matter what. So maybe that's why this moment where I was feeling vulnerable and raw and, and, and somehow, you know, we channeled this card that I get to share with you. Hey, my name is Rachel. I just gained 17 pounds and that brings me shame. Hmm. <laughs> just tasting that for a moment. Like, okay. A consistent body care routine is really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin. It actually boosts our mental health, too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. 
Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. And obviously, you know, for each of us, we have different things relating to our body that bring us different levels of shame, right? But the fact that that shame and the body, it's so innately connected. It absolutely is. And for me, you know, when I look at these past months, like, yeah, how much more time have been spent on the couch? Obviously, you know, it being isolation and quarantine, not being able to leave the house. We have naturally moved less because we don't have that regular rhythm of moving. There's all of these reasons why. And to me, that matters less. Like, it's actually less interesting. Why? It's not like, you know, to justify. Like, it's okay. It's okay. You gained some weight now, but it makes sense. You've been worried. You've been on the couch. You haven't been able to be out and about. It's okay. You know, it's like, it's like the global pandemic validates your, your weight gain. So you don't have to beat yourself up so much. Well, why do I have to beat myself up in the first place? Why am I even going down that road of validating my weight gain? Why? Why can it not be just okay? to look however you look. Why does it automatically have to be related to something shameful and something bad? You know, like that's, that's, that's the conversation that's more interesting for me. And what, what makes me remember that my body is sacred, you know, not any of those practices that stem from the place. Yeah. My body isn't good enough. And I, and I think right now I am experiencing more anxiety because you know, it's one thing to like be unhealthy or quote unquote unhealthy or unhealthier or gain weight, you know, when you're alone, when you're in isolation and no one can see you. And now it's like we are re reintegrating back into the world. And now I can sense that self-hate, that judgment come back up because all of a sudden it's like other people are going to see that I gained weight. Oh my God. Is there anything, is there anything more awful than that? You know, being seen in our shame. And the practices that help me feel, remind myself or remind me that my body is sacred. I have so many of them. So it's funny how these things can all coexist because at this time of this quarantine, it's also the time where I have felt better in myself. I have felt better in my body than I think I have in my entire life. You know, not counting these last two weeks of, of suddenly, suddenly stepping on that scale and suddenly realizing just how much weight I gained. Then all of a sudden I stopped feeling good, right? So for me to get totally clear with my, my personal situation now, like these months, I have moved at a slower pace than I have in my entire life in every way, right? Not just in terms of exercise, but in every way, my relationships and my working life with my child, with my husband, everything in my life has slowed down and it's been the most beautiful experience of my life. It absolutely has, you know, put all the fear and all the anxiety of the pandemic and all the loss and the global everything, put that aside. But the experience of being home, moving slowly with my family has been one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And in my body, I have felt really good all this time. I've felt really good. And it's not like I've been, in, you know, unbelievably unhealthy, like absolutely not. Like I'm gardening, harvesting and enjoying my own organic vegetables. I've been cooking three meals a day from scratch, plant-based meals, you know. I've also been baking a lot. It's been delicious and amazing. I've also been on the couch drinking wine with my husband a lot. It's been delicious and amazing, <laughs> right? 
it's like I've had a lot of enjoyment these past couple of months. And it's so funny to me how like literally I've had moments where, you know, I, I, I kind of look at myself in the mirror and suddenly like my butt is a little rounder. My boobs are bigger. Like I have like areas where I've kind of noticed, but I've felt celebrate. Like I've been, been able to feel like I can celebrate that. Like, oh, like I really enjoy my body right now. And I have a husband who, <laughs> like if you know Dennis, you know this about him, but who showers me, showers me with compliments every moment of the day. This is just who he is. Like I'll walk, I'll walk past him and he'll just look at me and go, <laughs> like that is just who he is. Sometimes to the point of it, like annoying me, like he's very affectionate, you know, and I've really felt really sexy. Like I felt really good in my body. And then all of a sudden, right, I step on that scale. I realize, oh my God, it's not like I gained a kilo or two, like I gained eight. All right. All righty-o. This is probably the heaviest I've ever been, you know, aside from, from, from when I was pregnant. Oh my God. Okay. Cue judgment. Cue self-hate. Cue shame. Cue suddenly not feeling good. And also cue thinking about my body all day long, which I haven't done right? And I've had a lot of movement over these past couple of months. I've been practicing so much yoga, especially since I, I moved this big bed out of our, out of our guest room, which has now become my, I'm calling it my goddess tower. <laughs> I have this whole room filled with space. I'm on my mat every single day. I've been doing some really cool, like high intensity workouts. I've been taking the class a lot, which I love. I've been running. I've been doing a lot of fun stuff gardening like crazy. Like I have been moving my body a lot in different ways and felt really good. And when I read that sentence, what reminds me that my body is sacred, all those moments of movement reminds me that my body is sacred. And I've had so many experiences of like having dance parties with Lea Luna in the kitchen or shaking, like my shaking meditations that I also do in this room or any of those kinds of movement opportunities that I've had where I am just so present in my body where I can just let go and be in my body. And there's no judgment. There's no looking at my body from the outside. There's not a single thought about my body not being perfect right now and every moment of the day. And it's been fucking amazing those like this whole time. So what if, and this, this is like an interesting approach, I think for all of us, because I know, trust me, I know there is not, and this is not just go for women. Like I know this applies for men too. This is like, you know, like body dysmorphia, having this skewed, messed up view of the body, hating our bodies, trying to constantly change and alter and improve our bodies. Like it's an epidemic and it's everywhere and it goes from men too. But of course, speaking from the viewpoint of a woman and knowing that this is particularly pushed toward women, like it's, 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 it's worse and harder for women, more accepted for men to gain weight. And, and, and we, I think we have much higher, this, this, this idea of, of, of being thin and, and perfection and all of this, it's, it's, it's really, really hard for women. But, you know, just for all of us, acknowledging, number one, there's not a woman out there that doesn't think these thoughts. And that's a big one for me, actually, because I, I kind of, sometimes I get lost in the idea that everyone else feels good in their bodies all the time. No one else worries about weight gain. No one else feels fat or feels ugly. And actually everybody goes through those moments. Some people all the time, like some people have that voice of I'm not good enough all day, every day. Right. And you know, that's a really important thing to remember. 
and talking about this with our friends, even though it's shameful and not in that sense of like, you know, like talking about our bodies all the time, obsessing over our bodies all the time. I did that growing up. All my friends did that growing up of like, oh, I'm so ugly or, oh, oh, I can't believe this doesn't fit me or, oh, does my butt look big in this? Like that constant talk about the body is not helpful for anybody, but the genuine real moments of being able to open up and like, hey, I feel shame. Like that's, that's a different conversation, right? Not looking at the body from the outside, talking about it constantly, but going into the heart space of it. Like, Hey, I feel shame. I feel shame around my body. Actually, I feel, I feel lesser than I feel like I feel unworthy. I feel less lovable. I feel like something's wrong with me. You know, those kinds of really heartfelt conversations where we get to share from that place of feeling are super helpful because it breaks down the barrier, right? It's like we're trying to keep shame at bay all the time, but then shame just grows. It's like everything we keep in the dark grows and becomes worse and feels worse. The moment we expose, you know, actually, I feel really insecure here. Actually, I feel really ashamed. Actually, this this for me is so hard. It's like we bring some light to that part of ourselves that feels so heavy and so hard to carry. And it's like the body can take a breath, you know? And also when we share with people that we trust and feel safe with, it's also really validating knowing that we are not alone in this. I had two of my best friends here on the island over yesterday and we'd had a moment to just like talk about that from that place, not from that place of like, oh oh my God, I gotta, I gotta get back. I gotta start working out. But just like, yeah, you know, this has been hard for me. And here's how I feel right now. It felt so good. It felt so good knowing that actually them in their isolation, they're having the same thoughts as me. They're having the same worries, the same concerns, the same moments of judging themselves in that way, you know? And then that collective vibration of like, Hey, look how fucking beautiful and amazing we are right now. And every day, and that this whole idea that, that our worth is defined by what that number on the scale says, it's so messed up. And that's where our work should be, is changing the brain versus changing the body, changing the conditioning, the mind stuff, right? That's what I want to change. I want to change not, okay, hey, let me lose 17 pounds right now. Like, okay, <laughs> I could go down that route, sure. Like I could kill myself and go into that super, super, super negative heavy, self-hating road of, I got to lose 17 pounds. I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. I, 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 I know if I, if I went down that road, it would overcloud my entire life. It would lessen my quality of life, my sense of well-being, my ability to feel joy and gratitude and, and beauty. Like it would make all of my life so much worse. And we all know, you know, diets don't work. And even if, you know, I would go ahead and lose those 17 pounds. I'm still going to have that same voice in the back of my head because I didn't do anything to address the voice. I just addressed the body, right? Which is kind of what we've been taught to. It's like, oh, so I feel like something's wrong. I got to fix it from the outside. So let me, let me get on that treadmill with my jaw clenched, you know, staring at the calorie number on the, on the screen. It doesn't work, right? Doesn't, doesn't heal me. Doesn't, doesn't bring me any healing in any way, in any way. And I can look at my, at my, if I look back at my past and I think about myself as my absolute thinnest has also been some of my most miserable moments in life. <laughs> if I look at my life as like a, like a scientific study, you know, do my thinner points in my life correlate to my most fulfilled and happy 
moments? No, they do not. Like I, I have seen no proof so far in my life that being thin makes me happy. <laughs> like that alone should, should, should tell me a lot. That alone like could teach me a lot, really. That actually whatever shape my body has or whatever number that scale says isn't the direct highway to eternal happiness and enlightenment at all in any way. Maybe it doesn't even relate at all. Like that's an interesting question, you know, like does it, does it relate at all? Now there's one thing, of course, feeling healthy, right? Feeling whole, feeling like I'm taking care of myself, right? Like that's one thing. Which doesn't mean that we need to go into that place of like, you know, <laughs> there's, 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 wait, how do I pronounce it? Orthorexia, I think is the word where we get so obsessed with health to the point of it actually becoming an eating disorder, right? Where it becomes something that, uh, that really doesn't help us in life, right? It becomes an actual, actual issue. It's super, super, super common. So for me, taking care of myself just means feeling good, you know? And it's that like, I can drink the wine, <laughs> And I can eat the chips and I can also move my body a lot and drink green juice and feel really good doing things that make me feel good, right? Nourishing my body in different ways. And if I look back at these months, like have I, have I been unhealthy in terms of how I've taken care of my body? No, this is like really important for me to, to I need to hammer this into my brain. Have I been unhealthy? I have not. I have not been unhealthy. I have not treated myself in a bad way. Actually, I haven't. What's bad, I think the one thing I did that probably didn't serve me was stepping on that scale. <laughs> like if I can go back over these, these months of, of quarantine, would I, would I choose to like not eat the chips, not bake the bread, not eat the chocolate cake, whatever? No, I would go back and choose to not step on that scale in the first place because then probably I would be sitting here today still feeling good about my body, blissfully unaware that I had gained 17 pounds, just feeling fine. <laughs> And I think this is an interesting, it's an interesting question to pose to ourselves, like really, and not just once in a while, but all the time. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
What are the practices that I have in my life that reminds me that my body is sacred? And when I get into that place of self-judgment and self-hate, how can I take a breath, come back to one of those practices immediately? Like it needs to be the immediate gut response where, oh, here I am again, going down that cycle of my body isn't good enough. I won't be accepted. I'm fat. Everyone will know. Oh my God, shame is here. How can I move toward one of those practices, right? Whether it's movement, whether it's meditation, whether it's being outside, whether it's time spent with the family, maybe journaling, maybe therapy, music, like any of the resources that bring you back to your body. And for me, it really is free forms of movement, movement that allows me to express myself here now. Like that really, really works. The shaking meditations work so well for me. We have a live one every Friday on yogagirl.com if you ever want to join. But dance parties, like a five-minute dance party, like those kinds of things, just moving a little bit, reminds me immediately. The moment I'm in the body, I can no longer judge the body. The moment I'm living in my body and experiencing life from my body, I can no longer hate my body. It's impossible. You cannot hate what you reside in. You cannot hate what is your life, right? It's impossible for the ego and the mind to step in there and cloud your experience and skew your experience when you're totally present here now. You know, so how can I, when I get down that spiral, when I go down that dangerous place, because it is a dangerous place. We need to acknowledge that it is a really dangerous place to be, to go down that road of not approving of ourselves, right? Of judging ourselves, of going down the road of, oh my God, I'm going to diet now. It's not a harmless little thing that, 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 that we do, right? It's going down the road of, of self-hate and maybe even self-harm, maybe even self-sabotage. Maybe it becomes the thing that keeps you from experiencing the beauty and the bliss that is this life, right? How many hours a day do you spend thinking about your body or thinking about what you eat or thinking about how you're not good enough? You know, ideally there should be no time wasted in a day spent in that feudal place. But for many of us, for me, the past two weeks has been a lot of time, like a lot of time. <laughs> and I can just sense how it's, it's a really hard, once you climb down that pit, it's really hard to get out. So instead of going down the road of, okay, I got to change the body. Let's, let's do that diet, right? Let's start going down the road of, Hey, let, let me do that practice again. That reminds me that my body is sacred. Let me live in the body, come back to the body here now. And then from that place, let's change those thoughts, right? Let's go into that conditioned place and look for healing instead of, let me change my body. Let me fix my body. So it will be more accepted. So it will be better. Okay. Let me address this. Like, this is what I want to address. Hey, here's that trigger again. Okay. I stepped on the scale. Wow. 17 pounds, man, that's a lot. Oh, that's not okay. That's not okay. I'm not okay anymore. Okay. 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 Let's address those thoughts. Where do, where do they come from? Right. How closely related is my sense of worthiness in this life with what my body looks like from the outside? And how can I get back to a place where I can just live in my body, where my body is just this beautiful home that I return to again and again, where I actually reside, where I experience everything that life has to offer. That's it. That's really it. And it doesn't fucking matter if my genes fit me today. It doesn't fucking matter what the scale says today. It doesn't even fucking matter if other people comment right? And that's like, we all live in different varying degrees of, of challenge here. You know, I have a husband who tells me every day, I honestly think, you know, if when I gain weight, like for, for Dennis, he's like, oh, there's more. 
And he genuinely believes that. Like he genuinely loves me regardless of what's there. And he will always truthfully share that. So of course that's helpful. But imagine if you have someone at home who negatively comments on your body. A lot of people have that. I had that growing up too, you know. I had that cautioning from, from parents, from people, from teachers. If my body changed, it's like, uh-uh, you know, be careful there. <laughs> you don't want to become unlovable. Careful there. Shrink a little bit. Make yourself smaller. I've been reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, and she talks about it so heartbreakingly beautiful in her book, how, how as women, it's like we've been, we've been told to shrink ourselves and shrink ourselves and shrink ourselves until the point of almost disappearing. And then what then, then, then am I worthy when you can barely see me when I'm almost, when I'm not even here anymore, I shrunk myself to the point of not being visible. It's like, it's been so hard for us to actually claim space and take up space. And that I feel like now, if I look back at these couple of months in terms of growth, you know, if losing weight and dieting and trying to be smaller and thinner and, you know, have a narrower frame and we're shrinking ourselves, if that means that we're also shrinking ourselves in every way of life, right? Making ourselves small all the time. Well, I look at the past couple of months and how much I grew. Like, how much did I grow? <laughs> how much did I grow in, 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 in this quarter of a year? It's unbelievable the amount of growth that I've seen in my life, like the amount of healing that I've found. I've grown so much. So isn't it kind of cool that my physical body reflects that? Isn't it kind of amazing that I've been able to relax to the point of finding growth in every area of my life and feel really fine and good about that up until the point I stepped on that scale? <laughs> so for me, I, I, I need to make a commitment to myself right now to to get to, I don't know if I can make Dennis get rid of the scale because he actually uses it, but maybe it can live somewhere else. Like, does the scale have to be under our bed, <laughs> you know, which is like where he normally keeps it. Maybe it could be in his gym, like where he bikes, like, because that's what this relates to. Maybe I don't have to have it there because I know once you step on the scale, it's like harder to not continue doing that. And then for me, my commitment to not go back to that and then to continue doing the practices that remind me that my body is sacred. I want to go back to this card for a moment. This is the moment to see your gorgeous body as the tremendous gift it is. This is the moment to see your gorgeous body as the tremendous gift it is. It is, it is the moment to realize that there is no greater intoxication than just being fully in your body from head to soul. This is the call to remember the holiness of your flesh, the deep wisdom your body contains, and the temple you walk around in every day. Man, oh man. How can I just take a moment right now? So how amazing is it that I started this podcast sharing that I was very vulnerable and feeling very raw and open, and I, I was going to share about that. Something specific came my way today. And then I decided to pull a card and I pulled a card that, that brought forward everything I needed to talk about right now, everything I needed to talk about. And I'm guessing that I'm not alone, just like, like tiny little guess that, that you guys listening to this right now, that you're also feeling some kind of shame maybe around your body. Maybe your body changed right now and you're sensing some shame, some judgment, some insecurity there. Perhaps you've also started thinking, going down that road of like, oh, I need to change. I need to diet. I need to lose weight. I need to get back to what was. Haven't we all decided that we're not going back, 
right? Didn't we all make that kind of collective decision? We are not going back to what was. That has to also include not going back to how you treated your body before, not going back to dieting, not going back to thinking that there is something wrong with you, that you aren't enough the way you are. This is like the ultimate piece of this puzzle is allowing ourselves to embody the lessons and to embody the growth that we have seen in ourselves over the past couple of months. And if that growth is reflected in your physical body, how fucking amazing is that? How beautiful that we can grow inside and out. What abundance is coming your way right now that we're able to actually have visible growth in so many areas of our lives, visible softness, right? I can really like, if I look back to my, my fittest, you know, the harsh and sharp angles of my body when I was mega, 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 mega fit. And I spent so much time like fine tuning my body with this kind of rigid sense. I also saw those harsh, sharp, rigid angles in my mind, right? In my life. Like I was very tight, like knit, like held everything together, very controlling, And now it's like, I I can sense a softening in my heart. I can sense a softening of, of, of areas of my life, how I've put down control, right? How I'm taking deeper breaths. And it's pretty much a miracle that my body is reflecting that for me right now. Now, of course, and the little like details of like, will I sit on the couch eating chips every day for the rest of my life? Probably not. No. Probably not, you know, will there be moments, you know, where I move more and and eat less and maybe I'll lose some weight and maybe I'll gain some weight, whatever. Those things are details that actually don't matter in in the big scheme of things. It's like we've taken those tiny details that are just byproducts of how we feel and we've made them the whole thing. So we think in our brains, if I stop eating the chips, I'll lose weight and everything will be perfect. But it's like, hey, the, the, the chips aren't the problem. The weight aren't the problem. Your body is not a problem. Your body was never a problem. The problem is society. The problem is our conditioning. The problem is in our fucking brains, right? So let's, let's heal that. Let's really get into that space where we can heal that and soften into that and come back to the love that we already have for who we are. It's not learning to love ourselves again. It's like, we've always loved ourselves. We've always been able to be in the body the same way children exist and reside in their bodies. Like we still have that. It's just, we have layers and layers and layers of conditioning telling us that we're not good enough. We got to get rid of that and return to that love that was always there. It's been there all along. It's there now. You can sense it in these moments and those practices that you have that remind you that your body is sacred. You can sense it and feel it. When you create, when you paint, when you make love, when you're on the yoga mat, when you're dancing, when you feel free, when you're in nature, when you're gardening, when you're doing that thing, that's your thing, right? You're reminded that actually I love myself the way I am and I have had that love all along. I'm just getting rid of all the things that were in the way. So it's my, it's my deepest wish right now that the next time you go down that spiral of thinking that you have to change something about your body, that it's not good enough the way it is, that you immediately turn to one of your resources and that you take moments in your day to undo some of that conditioning, right? To really go down the path of healing instead of going down the path of destroying or of harming, which is for me, everything that, that dieting and this idea of changing who we are 
really is. Let's do things that serve us. Let's do things that nourish us, that fill us up. Let's keep growing, right? Let's not go back. Let's not go back. Let's collectively celebrate our bodies for what they are now, for what they are tomorrow, for what they were yesterday. Like, let's just celebrate and be in this place. I love my body. <laughs> and then I feel shame, immediate, immediate shame again. We're not allowed to say that, right? We're not allowed to say that we love our bodies. We're not allowed to say that we think we're sexy. It's like, we're not allowed to say that, especially not when we've just gained 17 pounds. And I'm like looking down at my body right now, my boobs, my belly, my thighs. It's fucking amazing, this body. Holy shit. Holy shit. I love my body. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Do it now as you're listening to this. Just look at your body for a moment. Place your hands to whatever body part feels like it needs a little bit of love and just give that love to yourself. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I will not try to change you. Thank you for growing with me, for holding space for all of this growth and learning, all these realizations and lessons, all the grief, all the gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> I love you guys. Maybe I'll start pulling a card at the beginning of every show. This this was um, this was good. <laughs> take care of yourself. Take care of your hearts. Cherish yourself, and remember, your body is sacred. Wishing you a beautiful rest of the day, and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work, and thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>